with community organizations as GRASP, the Gang Rescue and Support Project, Open Door Youth Alternatives, and the Second Chance Center taking individually centered approaches to youth violence prevention, the City of Aurora is embracing a more comprehensive direction. This may take longer. However, the expectation is the interventions will reach more youth and should be more permanent. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. This comprehensive approach is bringing together focus groups with youth community surveys, the perspectives of a youth council, and also partnering with the City of Denver for regional reach. The work is exploring such critical factors to youth violence prevention as social capital, collective behaviors, and street interventions. Leading this comprehensive effort for the City of Aurora is Program Manager Christina Amperon. I would initially respond to we we haven't been responding to youth violence properly. The traditional response has has been a law enforcement based response, a, a criminal justice response, where as youth um, get in trouble, um, there it, it's been a, a, a suppressive and, and punitive effort, and so we know that 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 hasn't been effective. Um, and so what we need to do is be able to um, take a different approach where we are addressing, you know, those two approaches that you mentioned, both mental health and, and conflict resolution, and recognizing that those two approaches are not going to be the solution to address what's happening. Yeah, it yeah. really does have to be um, a, a comprehensive response uh, to address all the different risk factors impacting the community, the individual's. And, and families. Yeah, yeah, we know that um, usually it's it's 1% of any given community that is actively involved in in the violent incidents happening, both adults and juveniles. And so if we start taking a more strategic approach, it would be best to um, handle, um, you know, the individual needs of, of the person. Some may yeah. benefit from mental health. Some may benefit from conflict resolution or a combination of the both, where others may need um, to have their basic needs met, where they don't have housing. They have, you know, abuse going on in the home. And so we really need to to start um, where the community is, take a trauma-informed approach, and ensure that we're, we're looking at that individualized need. Individualized need, because it's going to be different. With each kid, then each kid, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, well, youth are going to manage it differently because I can't say each kid because some of it is m- among teens and others among young adults. But mm-hmm. uh, but they're all going to manage it differently there. So uh, taking an individualized pr- approach is the way to do it. And I guess because it does cross borders and it's just not confined to Aurora, confined to Denver, or confined to Centennial. You probably have to have a regionalized approach with a lot of external partners to kind of get this thing at least addressed and to come up with solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're you're exactly right with the need for that regional response for a number of reasons. And right now we have been working pretty close with Denver um, on implementing that regional response, and it's been very um, um, effective in that we've we've gotten a lot of technical assistance. We're not starting from scratch. We're, we're, we're not starting where Denver was 10, 20 years ago. We can learn from their mistakes and get their advice of, here's what we've done in the past, and we know it doesn't work. We know that these are best practices. These are promising practices. We know that this is, um, these are things that you have to keep in mind. Um, and so it's been great to have that support, but it's also been 
um, insightful for them as we're developing our approach, we've actually identified new processes that now they're also um, taking into consideration as they're making changes um, in, in the city of Denver. And so it's beneficial for both sides. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that we have been finding is that a lot of our, our families may live in one city, work in the other, or yeah. go to school in the other. Or a lot of the, the, the groups involved in the violent crime go back and forth be, between the jurisdictions. And so as we start implementing um, community crisis responses, information sharing has been very critical. Yeah. Um, because at any given point, one youth may have some touch point in one city or the other. And so that information sharing is helping us ensure that we're not duplicating efforts, that we're leveraging resources, that we're providing that wraparound support. So if one city can say, I can provide A, B, and C, and the other can't, you know, the other can say, if you, that's great, you take care of, of A, B, and C, and I'll handle, you know, the rest. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it's, been, it's been great. So that's what you call the compact with Denver, and then probably uh, some other cities are going to be joining that compact uh, because of the one reason that you said it all crosses municipal lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and right now we are expanding into other counties, and um, the primary reason of why that's happening is because Denver or Aurora with, falls within several different counties. Yeah. And so the benefit of that has been that um, we do have representation from from both counties. We've been able to to inform and build the capacity of the departments and agencies within all the different counties. And they're taking back some of the information that they're learning about and they're taking action to start some of that organizational change. And so we'll be working pretty closely with Denver to start expanding our efforts into the cities that are seeing um, you know, uh, an increase in violence, whether it's Thorn or Lakewood or on our side, um, you know, starting to, to go further into Arapahoe County. It's just opened a lot of opportunity up where other cities, other municipalities are starting to see, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing some results. We're starting to see that there's some level of, of expertise there that we don't have within our city or our jurisdiction. Yeah. Let's go ahead and start looking into this regional resource. Now, I think last summer, late last summer or late this summer, uh, the year's about to change anyway, uh, you did a community survey on youth that I think you're compiling to get some better, a better understanding uh, about their behaviors and what challenges are affecting them, which uh, lead to youth violence. Have you got some preliminary findings you could share? Uh, or maybe there have been some surprises that you've seen that you weren't anticipating? Yeah, the assessment... Um was very informative in that it it, it was um, we received over 600 responses and wow. the the um, yeah the the top risk factors that were identified um, were access to guns, um, gang association and affiliation, mental health needs, substance use, um, but it also showed that there's a lack of connection to schools and lack of connection to positive adult figures. And what was um, interesting is that the youth. Are, are saying it's not that we're not interested in going to school. It's not that we're not, we don't want to, the support from it. It's just that when we, we go to school, there's a punitive approach. There's yeah. labeling happening. There's um, lack of cultural awareness. And so all of that is leading to us as youth not being supportive, which is then impacting our educational opportunities. Uh. And the same thing with, um, it, it's not that 
the youth are saying we need more pro-social activities, what they're saying is we need more connection to positive adults that will uh-huh. be there as a support system. Wow. I mean, adults really need to pay, really need to pay attention to, to that because it's all not gang-related. It it's, goes back to what you were saying before. It's individualized, and if they're not getting any connection there, then they don't mm-hmm. learn how to uh, positively uh, uh, take care of, of any disagreements or anything else they have there. So adults and the community really need to step up and play a better role of embellishing then with youth the models they need to not only model their behavior by, but which directions they want to go. Yeah, which which if there's a if if that, that lack of support is missing, mm-hmm. that's why a lot of youth then end up getting involved in gangs or getting connected to some of these other. Um, um, you know, behavior, high-risk behaviors, and that they're seeking some level of connection. Is this the same type of information you may have discovered through the focus groups as well? So using maybe the survey and the groups to cooperate or confirm each other or add additional directions to your general overall findings then? Yeah, the the feedback from the focus groups are essentially saying the same thing. The Focus groups um, were made up of parents, um, librarians, staff from recreation centers, probation officers, um, teachers, hospital staff. So uh, over um, 60 individuals uh, participated in in the focus groups, and a lot of what they're seeing is matching up with what um, the the survey is showing, which also Uh matches. So, for example, a lot of the, the pockets of the community where there's um, a crime happening consistent where um, some of the, the risk factors that uh, we're showing across the board from the qualitative and the quanti- quantitative data, um, it's all matching up. Um, and the adults, you know, do recognize that um, there's a lot to do within the school systems. There's a lot to mm-hmm. do from, from the city and that a traditional response has been taken and that we need to ensure that, that, they're hearing directly from the youth around, from their life experience, yeah. what is needed. And then and you, you you have your youth advisory council that can uh, respond to the mm-hmm. accuracy of the other information from the survey and the focus groups. Yeah, yeah. So we have a youth advisory council that's made up of 11 Aurora youth um, that are essentially, you know, um, confirming all the data. Um, and they're actively participating in different program activities to ensure that we have that youth perspective, youth voice, that our leaders are hearing directly from them um, as they're considering um, organizational changes. Yeah, this seems to be very, 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 very comprehensive. I had to put a bunch of varies there because you gave me three (laughs) or four aspects of it. But that means this kind of work to, to affect lasting change, consistent change, because I know it's going to be some part where youth are going to have to do some buy-in. But anyway, that's going to take some time to get done. It's not an overnight deal. Yes, it's, it won't be. Uh, it, we won't see immediate results. This is going to be a multi-level, multi-year response, and especially because um, the impact of violent behavior, the impact of criminal behavior is so complex, and also the victimization that we need to ensure that we're being strategic, that we're using um, our our dollars the best way that we can, and that we're um, making the proper changes and taking the proper steps to ensure that there's 
immediate but long-lasting impact in our community. You said community, too. So are we going to be looking at also uh, doing some work with the environmental conditions that af- that affect youth violence yeah, or contribute to it, maybe poverty, families moving around, you know, the neighborhoods that they're in, perhaps dispersing them more. So uh, we as a community, we have to look at, at doing some of those things, mitigating some of those, which will have an impact mm-hmm. on youth violence. Yes. Um, yeah. And that ties into the public health approach that we're following, where we are identifying those risk factors and seeing how we can increase protective factors. So looking at very specific communities and and um, identifying um, what changes we need to make in the in the in the actual environment. Um, what parks, for example, are, are consistently have come up as being hotspots for for a lot of crime and yeah. gun violence. And so, how can we then change the infrastructure of those parks? How can we change the infrastructure of of the the libraries so the community can start having access to safe spaces and direct access to housing and mental health and um, services within their community to ensure that we're reducing those barriers of, for example, transportation that sometimes Mm -hmm. keeps them from getting to some of those supports. And I know that we have to look at, you know, their behaviors at some point. I mean, not their behaviors, but collective behaviors of the community and stuff. You know, uh, perceptions against external threats. You know, I start thinking, youth, did I have a lot of threats like that when I was going to school? I probably have a lot more now than then. But uh, when you think about it, I think a lot of parents probably say, I'm just sending the kid to school. There's nothing else that's going on there. But obviously there is, and they have to come up with ways how to protect themselves Mm -hmm. and how to respond to it. That's part of the primary prevention work that we're going to implement is how do we change the community's norms around violent behavior? Uh-huh. How do we empower them to where if they are being victimized or if they know of someone, they can take action to ask for help. But also um, after a, a shooting, for example, one of the recent shootings led to one of our partners doing some community canvassing. And a lot of the residents that were closest to where the incident happened spoke about, I, I don't even feel comfortable going out and out of my house. I don't go to that park. Wow. I don't allow my kids to walk to school. And so how do we start um, really identifying those actual threats uh-huh. um, of, of our, uh, that are in our community? With us on this edition is Ms. Christina Amperon, manager of the Youth Violence Prevention Program for the City of Aurora, Colorado. Her office is leading a comprehensive approach to youth violence prevention that also includes behavior modification. We will learn more regarding this direction from her on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get vaccinated for yourself and your family's health. Mask up and keep your distance when going out. And we do appreciate you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.